Blog Talk Radio. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Today we have decided to go pro, and we will bring the professional game to our show. I'm taking my talents to the NFL. So does that mean? Hold on, hold on. Well, I, as you can hear, the walrus is in studio. Oh, I'm finally, back. I'm back. The walrus is back. Finally, the walrus has come back to radio. So, uh, going, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm cutting you off. All right, we're going pro? We are going pro. Does that mean I have to, does that mean I can now call for an NFL job? Will our powers, will our powers come with us? Well, we already tried that and it failed. <laughs> we hadn't gone pro before. That did fail. So now that we're pro, I, I, think, I think we can now start calling for some jobs and all right, well, can I call for a job right now? I, I was just going to make the same. Let's, let's hear your call because I was going to make a call. Well, I'm calling for two jobs right now, and they actually both coach to the same game. Um, let's start off with Andy Reid. Oh, good God. Because 
He gives a bad name to walrus-looking gentlemen everywhere. Wait, wait, wait. Before walrus gets going, we have a phone call right off the bat. Right, right off, off the, the rip here. All right. So as we normally do, we will stop what we're doing, and we'll take this phone call. So Hello. You're on the air with walrus and Deets. Sit down college football. Who is this? This is uh, Brandon. Oh, hey. What's up, Brandon? Who in the blue uh, hell are you? What's going on, buddy? I want to talk about the New York Jets. You want to talk about the New York Jets, huh? I would love to talk about the New York Jets. Let's talk the New York Jets football. What do you got for me, Brandon? Um, we need we as we all need. I mean, we need a quarterback. Um, we don't know if Josh McCown is going to come back, but anyway, we have to. Uh, we have to rebuild the team. I think um, I looked in the mock draft, and uh, Baker Mayfield was at six, and we had the number six pick. So I think we should get Baker Mayfield. If you draft Baker Mayfield at six, you are setting your franchise back at least four years. At the NFL level, Baker Mayfield is Johnny Football without the alcohol and cocaine. And... I, I think six. I think and I'm a big fan of alcohol and cocaine. Brandon, I'm I'm gonna give you the Walrus just gave you the 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 street knowledge. I'm gonna give you the exact thing. If you're thinking about taking break Baker Mayfield, or if the Jets are, your best bet is to trade back. And a and like you said, the Jets need a lot more than a quarterback. So if you're thinking, if you're, if one of those top two guys is not on the board. If Rosen and Darnold, which I imagine they're going to be gone in the top three picks, uh, I would I would move back, and if I'm going to take a quarterback, I would move back and try to get extra picks um, for that. But also, I mean, it's all going to depend on who's available in the uh, in the process because Kansas City. I was just going to call for – we just were talking about Kansas City and Andy Reid's job. Alex Smith is probably not going back to Kansas City. So you can probably get him. Except for one problem. Alex Smith is going to see the Buffalo Bills. And if he goes there, you know, how the dominoes fall, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is a playoff quarterback. Um, so, I mean, there are options outside of the draft. Uh, Brandon, if that's if that's what the Jets are going to do, Maybe the Jets go sign Drew Brees. But the Jets also have a redshirt quarterback. They've redshirted a quarterback for two years, so we don't know what Christian Hackenberg is. Oh yes, we do. Passes the sideline cameraman. They drafted this guy in the second round and haven't haven't even dressed him for a game yet. Uh, so what, what do you think is going on there, Brandon? I mean. I don't. I don't think they knew what they were doing with that pick, with Christian Hackenberg. I mean, they, they, you should have started. You you, when Josh McCown went down, you should have started him, not Bryce Petty. Yeah, I and that Bryce Pet Bryce Petty filled in. He was Bryce he was all right, but not he was. No, he was Potty because he played yeah. like shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so 
if I'm the Jets at if I'm the Jets at, and they stay at six, you might be the Jets. You stink. I would probably I wouldn't look to the I would not look quarterback at six in the draft. No, the Jets are taking. Um, I can tell you who the Jets are going to take right now. Right. I've seen it in every mock draft I've seen. I forget the kid's name. It's killing me. He's uh, the pass rusher DM at LSU. Oh, Arden Key. Yeah. Yeah. Jets are going pass rusher. Rex Ryan has left the building, and the Jets are still taking pass rusher. They still got a defense. They still got Todd Bowles, a defensive coach. So. Love Todd Bowles, by the way. And, Love Todd Bowles. And Brandon, I'm interested to hear you. How do you feel about Todd Bowles re-upping? Well, I mean, you're signing that two-year contract. You know, you have a, you get a quarterback. Um, I think it would take a little more. It would take more years. If if you don't um, get a veteran quarterback, which I don't think they should, they should start off with, with getting a rookie because you want to you want to uh, build you want to build that franchise up and have a franchise quarterback. Which you know, it, you get one of these guys through free free agency, you're starting over. It's like having Ryan Fitzpatrick, having Josh McCown with the Worlds. So you really do need a quarterback in the draft. So I think uh, you um, – Yeah, but when you start drafting need over value, you get the bad shape. One of the guys I, I was on – I was on a show this morning, and one of the guys I would look at, Brandon, and this is, a, this is an option for basically any team, but I would be looking at in, a, in round two, maybe round three, Easton Stick out of North Dakota State. If he comes out in the draft, look for, look for that name to rise up the board. He's a – he, you know, obviously because of Carson Wentz, and how Carson Wentz is done, he's going to get a lot of luck being being at North Dakota State. And if he comes out, he'll be he'll be a guy that you could fill in. And he's a guy that you you don't have to waste a top round pick. You can get some pieces around him and build and build that thing up. So that that would be my advice to the Jets: is look at a second or third round quarterback that you can that you can build and you can build around. Because if you take Baker, if you take Baker Mayfield in the first round, you you have to build a, you have to get guys that Baker Mayfield can play with. Baker Mayfield is not no. going to come in and just dominate the league. He he doesn't yes, have that. He's, he, he's a he's been, so like because of his height, but he doesn't have a Drew Brees arm. He doesn't have a strong arm. He is he's mobile, but he's not NFL mobile. So, so he's Johnny Manziel without the cocaine. Pretty much. And the without cocaine part is questionable. So you're going to need better receivers than Ryan Anderson to make Baker Mayfield uh, do something. Quincy's come back. I love the Jets receivers. Oh, come on. And, and, I love and, Robbie Anderson. Uh, how, how is Baker Johnny Manziel? He's not a Johnny Manziel. He, have one in, uh, in, he got arrested once. And we didn't hear anything. Never got arrested oh, again. Johnny Football has a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, Johnny Granddaddy Football. can make a lot of stuff disappear. Yeah, Johnny, Fo- Johnny Football had, ca- had cash. And, yeah, he had he, – he, 
He may have only got arrested once, but he went to rehab twice. Let's just put it that way. And nothing against nothing against anybody going to rehab, but if you're going to sit there and say... And Johnny Manziel did something a lot of people haven't done. Beat Nick Saban. That he did. That he did. So, Brandon, have, have, we, have we gotten to the bottom of your Jets? Or is there, is there, more, you, is there more you want to hear about the Jets? The Jets already were the bottom. <laughs> no, that's it. All right. Well, Brandon, thanks for giving us a call and thanks for checking in with us. And definitely, when we uh, when we start breaking down, we'll we'll have you we'll have you back on to talk some jet jet draft picks when we get closer. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks for calling, buddy. Well, he might have saved somebody's job for eight minutes. I'm ready to call for a couple of hours. Oh, hey, you know, Brandon. Brandon, the Jets fan, uh, we're we're glad to have we're glad to have you aboard, man. You gotta bring you gotta bring some passion. I know it's hard because the Jets, but the Jets don't give you that much so passion. Jets, you gotta bring the wood, man. No, as, as our good friend Gino says, listen, if he's a Jets fan, you cannot tell me that man has commitment issues. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, but I'm busy calling for jobs. All right, so back to the back to calling for jobs. Who? So I'm gonna fire Andy. Fire Andy Reid. Andy Reid, huh? First of all, he gives a bad name to walrus-looking gentlemen everywhere. I'm going to start with that. Come <laughs> so Second of all, he's, you realize he's lost three straight home playoff games? Oh. Three straight. Yeah, that's used to be one of, used to be one of the greatest home field advantages <laughs> you could possibly have, and somehow it's negated by Andy Reid. Uh, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, so that's the first job I'm calling for. Calling for Andy Reid. Who else are you calling for? And I can't wait. I think the other job is actually was on the other sideline of that same game. I think Mike Malarkey's getting fired. The rumor mill's heating up. You think he's going to get fired after getting in the second in the second round? I do because this is your this is your team. I so do. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna because number one because I'm watching. Did you watch the game? I did on my phone. And okay. I've, got, I've got things I have to say about the game, but I'm not so going to hold have, them until later. We have Derrick Henry averaging seven yards a carry. I've, I've personally watched the man get hit in the backfield and gain six yards. Okay. And he had like four touches in the first half. Wow. Well, that, wow. That, so, that, plays, that plays right in, so we'll, we'll keep this going. I like where you're going with this. Our, our, play, our momentum – had to be changed by Marcus Mariota throwing a touchdown pass to himself. Now, <laughs> he looked at the other ten guys in the field, they popped it, threw the ball, he caught the ball, and he scored the touchdown. So I'm calling for Mike Malarkey's job. Calling for Mike Malarkey, even though he gets to the second round. He's full of malarkey. And I'm going to tell you who's going to replace him. So this is
And this time when he leaves, his offense will not be quarterbacked by a man named Tim Tebow. No, he didn't. Uh, yeah, he, he, he drafted. He drafted Tim. He drafted Tim, Tim Tebow. He didn't. He didn't. His offense wasn't run by Tim Tebow. He, he chose. He chose. He chose Tim Tebow. He had a first round pick. Do you think he was yeah. one of the most valuable assets of the NFL, and he said he took Tim Tebow. Yeah, but you know what? He said, you know what? He, did he? Do you think maybe he knew he was on the way out? He's like, I'm on the. I'm on my way out of here. This ain't going to work. I'm on my way out. I'm the one who Tim Tebow. I'm just going to ruin this franchise. I don't know. But he drafted Tim Tebow. And I hate Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. So, yes. I so, you're called, calling for them. Yes. I, I'm not going to call for this guy's job anymore. I've done it way too much. Boom. You know, anybody who's ever read anything that I that I've ever written on football, anybody who's ever oh, gone to like my to website, read, I like to read above the third grade level. Okay. Anybody who's ever done this, all right. I started my career at a for writing for a Dallas Cowboys fan site, and I got booted off because my first post was fire Jason Garrett right now. And this was 10 years ago. But the problem is, is Jason Garrett is not the coach. No, he's not Jerry Jones. He's Jerry Jones' puppet. Exactly. But that's why I'm saying I'm tired of – I'm not going to call for his job anymore. And, I mean, I've come to terms with the fact that Jason Garrett will will be there forever. I mean, the Cowboys are talking about we're going to get rid of the offensive and defensive coordinator – you're going to get rid of both of the offensive and defensive coordinator, just fire the head coach, too, and, and give us a whole new era. I know Jason Garrett was coach of the year last year. I know all this garbage. I think it's one of those things. No, I don't think the Cowboys' job is very desirable. Oh, the Cowboys' job is very, very desirable. Are you kidding me? I, 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 and I mean that with the respect of you're, it's known you're expected to be Jerry Jones' puppet. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean like the, the, the it's a story franchise. They've got great talent. But I'm not even talking about the talent. I'm just talking about you're on national TV almost every week. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do what you want to do. You got You're making. You have to. You're signing up to be a puppet. This is true. I mean, this this is what Cowboys fans don't like a hand up my ass. This is what Cowboys fans have gone through for the last decade almost. Yeah. And you're going to sit here and tell me that it's still a good job. It's a terrible job. But, I mean, if you're trying to get exposure and get whatever, then the Cowboys' job is perfect. Because, like I said, you're basically on um, you're basically on national TV almost every week. Whether you're the NBC game of the week, you're usually the um, – if you're not if you're not that game, you're usually the uh, – you know, Fox game of the week. You'll be on CBS with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, so it, that's what makes it a high-profile job, not the talent on the field. But um, so I would usually call for Jason Garrett to be fired, but I've given up on that pipe dream. That, that's never going to happen. Um but I was going to say, you know, I was going to say, 
What's the deal with that John Gruden contract? Ten years, hundred mil. Love it. Ten years, hundred mil. Does he have? Did, did he get part ownership? No. See, what, I, that, that I, was reported, no. and I was like, how do you I, give ownership to a coach? Because he can't be fired then. He most certainly can. He's only a minority, and then we're going to give him a majority holder. But well, what happened is that if he was given ownership stake, then he has to be vetted, then he has to be approved by all 31 other – or whatever percentage is required. Right, right, right. It would have been a process. And there may have been some owners who just said – no. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, because then, then every other coach would ask for, I want, I want ownership, you know. Exactly. So they didn't want to set the precedent, precedent. So they gave him a monetary contract that would have been equivalent to the ownership stake. Uh, since he doesn't have ownership, I'm going to say it right now. John Gruden's on the hot seat. <laughs> I mean, that, that job in Oakland is going to be, I mean, just his comments about, I don't like bubble screens, I don't like... Have, this guy's been watching Monday Night Football and analyzing Monday Night Football, and you're going to tell me you're not going to run bubble screens? That's Every team r- runs a bubble screen. That's the NFL now. Bubble screens have become the new running game. That's the new... Uh, what, what they used to call it, uh, the, the state, state, state right, state off right tackle. Instead of running, instead of running off tackle, people just throw screen passes, throw bubble screens. That's that's become the outside running game. So if John Gruden's not gonna, if he's not gonna, if he's gonna try to reinvent the wheel without doing something like that, and his his teams are gonna be a disaster. And it's gonna be base. It's gonna be the uh, you're gonna hear about Derek Carr being. Listen, he's not going to run a bubble screen, but I can guarantee you what John Gruden is going to run. He is going to run Spider 2 wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and everybody's seen it now because they got that stupid John Gruden brought on the board thing. Everybody's like, oh, we know, we know this, we know what play is coming. Well, I, I, mean, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be an absolute train wreck. I think John Gruden was a championship in three years. A championship? Championship for three years. Wow, that's, that's high praise. Three years. Think about it. John Gruden was considered an offensive genius when you could still play defense. Now you can't play defense. That's why Bill Cowher has it. Everyone's like, oh, Bill Cowher should come back. Bill Cowher's a defensive-minded football coach. Yeah, he's not. His cool. principles won't apply. You can't do that now. Right. John Gruden was considered an offensive genius when you could play pass defense. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I still have my doubts about that. Now he gets to run Spider 2 Y banana, and you can't touch his wide receiver. Yeah, and he has Amari Cooper. Yeah, get their life. Let's let's see. I hope for their sake that they're that they're really good because I like that Raiders team. I love that roster. I love Amari Cooper. I think Derek Carr. Derek Carr is is the guy that you just line up and he can throw the ball 50 yards. Three years. Book it. So. Anybody doesn't think so, call me, wager with the walrus. All right. So, anyway, we were, we were trying to get this show. We're trying to get this show on the rails. We got off the, off the track. We got off the track already. Anybody willing to wager with the walrus, John Gruden does not win a championship within three years. I will dress up like Chucky, and I'll even get a stupid haircut. Oh, we got another dress up? Oh, yeah. 
Put another, another dress up, another dress up that. Here we go. And I didn't have to do the last one because the wall was right. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. All right. So, anyway. So we've already we've already jumped jumped the ship already. Um, as I was saying at the beginning of our show, we've gone from college to the NFL. But just to put the college season to rest, let's dig into the national championship game. Um, Walrus, I asked this question this morning on a, on a, on the Snowman show, and I'm I, I told him I'm still in debate of this, and I'm still trying to figure this out. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to I'm going to see what your answer is, and then I'll go then I'll go then I'll re, then I'll think and I'll I'll finalize my answer. Was this the best national championship game ever? Ever? No. Uh, I don't want to say ever. Let me let me rephrase the question because I, as I said ever, I was like, no, it's not Texas USC. So Texas USC is up there. Um, when Miami got robbed by Ohio State is up there. That that was a great game. Um, I actually got robbed by the officials. Uh, but this is my real question. Do you think it was better than last year's championship? No. You don't think this game was better than last year's? No. No. Hmm. See, I, I'm on the other side. I thought this game was fantastic. Oh, I'm not saying it wasn't a fantastic game. I don't think it was better than last year's. I thought it was better than last year's. I had, I had more fun watching this game than I did last year's, uh, last year's Clef, the Clemson-Alabama and Deshaun Watson. I had more fun watching this game, and there was so much more to talk about in this game and so much more to pick apart in this game than there was in that game, which is why I was into it the whole time. So I'm, I'm kind of on the – I'm on the side of I, this game was pretty much what I thought it was going to be, a defensive struggle early on. Offenses kind of opened up in the third quarter, and then it tightened up again. And well – because I expected let me, let me that, I went right all the way in. It wasn't a defensive struggle in the first half. Alabama played great defense and was offensively inept. That, that was true. Going into the game, there was already discussion if Alabama won, which they did, is Jalen Hurts the worst quarterback to ever win a national championship? That was, that was the worst starting quarterback uh, that was the question going into the game. Be close. At the collegiate level, who was worse? Jalen Hurts, I was going to bring this up when we started talking about the quarterback switch. He's not the first quarterback to be replaced in a championship game. No. He's but, not the first. He's not the first, and that's where I'm going with it. Chris Leak. Oh, 100% Chris Leak is better. Chris Leak. 100% Chris Leak is better. Chris Lee could still play the position of quarterback. Jalen Hurts was Jalen Hurts was their only offense in the first half. Him running, they were fifty-six yards of offense. Jalen Hurts running the running the ball was the only offense they had. <laughs> they, every they, first they had a total of fifty yards. They got three first downs because they, they don't respect just, the throwing just the ball. Based on, just based on him running, <laughs> and and that's that's part. That's been always been my my thing about people who criticize quarterbacks, especially in college. But they, they criticize, oh, he can't throw passes. Well, 
you don't have to throw passes if you can run for first down. And and that's part of the position. Well, if that's what that's we're talking about, then fine. Then go play for Georgia Tech. That exactly. Finn would probably be phenomenal at Georgia Tech. Go to Navy. <laughs> this, Some place where you can run the – listen, I put it. Georgia Tech played Navy. They had 119 plays and, like, passed the ball four times. Yeah. Or was that Army and Navy? Something like that. Uh, I think it was the Navy game. Navy against Virginia was. One of those one of those games usually they combined like 106 plays and there were four passing yards. <laughs> Probably army. That, that, that's, that's where Jalen Hurts should go. The man can't throw the ball. All right. Uh, so let's dig in. Let's dig into the championship game though. So as we were discussing, it was kind of a. I I I want to get into what George, what Georgia was thinking. I have no idea what Georgia was doing from the start of the game. Oh, we got a call. We got a call, so let's take this as it is. And we'll see where this wants to go. Hey, how you doing? You're on the air, Fifth Down College Football Show. Who are we talking to? Yeah, this is Naj. What's going on, man? Oh, hey, what's going on? Not much. Hey, I'm just catching you guys. Yeah, what do you, what do you want to talk about, man? Yeah, you're talking about the championship game, right? What were you about to get into? Yeah, we're talking national championship. We're talking – we talk anything, man. So, you tell us what we're talking about. We'll, I'll talk about whatever you talk I'll about. I'll talk about women's golf, curling. I don't care. All right. Now, hey, I'm trying to stay it. with in line with where you guys are, man. So, go ahead with what, you, right, what you're going and I'll run with you. What do you got? What would you say? I, I want to I wanna know, what were your thoughts on the championship game? Ah, some of the luckiest stuff you'll ever see, man. Hey, sometimes you roll the dice and you you get seven, man. I mean, Saban, you know, they were stuck. They couldn't – they weren't going to be able to move the ball on Georgia the way that they were trying to because Georgia is built to stop them in the same way. So he he rolled the dice, threw the young boy in there, and he just happened to get get some big plays to go. Uh, One where he threw the ball to a – receiver that ended up in another receiver as a touchdown and then the bomb where eh, cover two deep deep safety uh for some reason the safety started to look over at the other side as opposed to just playing uh you know where it's supposed to be because that play wasn't actually supposed to be there so i mean some of the luckiest stuff you ever see man but the plays were made yeah i mean I got. I gotta say, as I don't know. I don't know if you had a dog in the fight. I. I did not. So when I was watching the game, I wanted to say I wanted to kill that that Alabama kicker when he missed when he missed that field goal in regulation. Because if you listen to the show last week, I picked twenty three twenty Alabama. So when I saw him lining up for that game winning field goal, I said, "This is awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like Nostradamus." And then he kicks the ball, and it's eight feet to the left. I mean, so you're right. There was a lot of luck involved in that game, but there was a lot of luck on both sides. I mean, Georgia should have lost the game in overtime or in regulation. It shouldn't have gone to overtime. Uh, I, I, just, I don't know, man. <laughs> Those plays in but, the second half by Bama to get back into it, man. I, I here's, here's the other thing, though. And here, here's the thing that I saw right off the bat, and I was just about to get that before get to this before you called. 
I thought I think Georgia lost this game before the game even started. When they decided that they were going to pass the ball all the time, that's when that's when their 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 whole philosophy going into the game was off. They kept Sony Sony Michelle did not touch the ball until their third possession. And I said it last week. He's the best player. He was the best player on the field on both teams. Sony Michelle was the best player. And he doesn't get the ball for the first three drives. What is going on there? And then yeah, well, well, a part of that is is how both teams are built, though. I mean, they're throwing the ball because they're playing Alabama, and there's really nowhere to go inside. You got to loosen them up a bit. So to come out and have the young kid throwing them, throwing it was a surprise. You know, kind of surprise attack thing. But look, man, remember these are you know this is two saving guys. They play the same system, same strategy, same tactics. Five-star people everywhere. So, you know what I mean? It, it was going to be hard to sustain drives. Like, both sides knew that. Well, you could say that, too, but you could also – I mean, uh, you could also have them on the field, though. I mean, you think about the final drive. So, it's it's 20 to 20. you got three minutes left. Georgia's got the ball. They get the freshman third-string running back in – in the backfield with Jake Fromm, no threat of even, you know, if Sony Michelle's on the field, you've got a threat of maybe they're going to run it inside. Maybe they're going to run a screen pass to him. We have to cover him. When the freshman kid comes in, they're like, we don't have to worry about him. You know, that to me was like Georgia schemed themselves right out of the game by not involving their best player. Well, see, this, this is the rough one, man, because, Sony has played so well the past couple of weeks that it kind of changed the outlook of people from the outside. But this is kind of how they played all year. They beat you up with Chubb early. Then they start giving it to Michelle, make big plays. And then they bring in Swift, who is the game breaker, who, you know, hits the really long run. He's just, he's just a speed guy. So, I mean, this is kind of what they've done all year. You know, they were expecting it to work, but it didn't. And, I don't know, man. This is it was it was a really it was a real Georgia loss. I'll just say that this was really <laughs> in Georgia that's, fashion. That's a good way to put it. I like that. It was a real Georgia kind of loss. Yeah, man. This is what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but this is what they typically now, do. So now, are you a Georgia? Are you a Georgia fan, or are you just from Georgia? No, I just happen to live down here now, so I got to see all of the heartbreak up close. Like, these folks really thought they had it, so it took me back to, you know, last February. So, you know what I mean? I got to watch all of this in real time, all of these people's heartbreak, and, you know, clown people at work about it and all that. But I didn't expect <laughs> it to go down like that again. Yeah, well, at least it played out for you that way. At least it played out for you that way. <laughs> for them, yep. not so much. Yep. He didn't have a dog in the fight, so I loved I I loved every minute of it. But like I said, I was mm-hmm. just questioning Jordan the whole time. I was like, why aren't they just giving? I, I I still don't understand why you wouldn't put your best player on the field. Well, hey, look, we're gonna see next year who is the best because I got a feeling you might be surprised how good Chubb is when they get to the next level. We'll yeah, see. yeah, we'll see, man. All right, man. Thanks for calling. All right, have a good one. All right, have a good one, buddy. All right, I'm just – all right, there we go. It clicked off. All right, so that's some national championship breakdown. 
Um, Walrus, do you, do you have any any anything with what I anything to dis defute what I said or what Nas said? Um, no, that was a pretty Georgia-like performance. Dude, look at the balls. They're balling. Well, I don't want to talk about the balls. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing against the Canadian <laughs> minor leagues. Like, I could probably care. average four points a game, and I'm fat, 30 years old. I don't and care. I don't care. The balls. They're balling. No, I refuse to. I refuse <laughs> to talk about that clown family. No. <laughs> All right, sorry. That was off. The the balls were on TV uh, in the studio here, so I had I, I was I had to bring it up. All right, so Wallace, you were saying about it was a Georgia kind of loss. That's kind of what Georgia does, but it was really close. And then Alabama made a change. I want to talk about the change. I want to talk about the quarterback change. Did you? Did you watch? Did you watch the halftime the halftime interview? I did with not. Nick I did not. This is what I don't get, and nobody said it on the the TV. Nobody said it on the TV show, and obviously nobody's gonna say it after. Nobody's gonna say it after after it works. But all right, so Tom Rinaldi goes up to Nick Saban and says, "Coach, what's going on in the first, What's going on with the hat? What's what happened with the offense?" Nick Saban, direct quote, well, our offense is not playing well, and it's not our quarterback's fault. It's our whole offense's fault. That's it. Goes to the locker room. All right, so, you're, so you just said it's not your quarterback. But then you come out in the second half, and the only change to your offense is the quarterback. No, no, it wasn't. We also changed the running back. No, they've been doing that all year. Mixing up running backs. That's not. The the only change they made was they put the, the new court the, the new kid in that quarterback. Other than that, the schemes were exactly the same. They they it wasn't like they were like. It wasn't like they all of a sudden said, "All right, well, we're gonna do we're gonna start running a spread offense or we're gonna start spreading the team out." They ran the same offense, same schemes, same thing. Only change was the quarterback. Uh, it depends. It depends what rumblings you believe as well. And um, the rumblings that if Tua didn't play, he was headed to UCLA. That's I, I've I've heard that recently. But what I'm saying is nobody nobody even mentioned it. Like they didn't say they but, didn't, you know because coaches always tell you exactly what they're going to do. It was I've the first it, thing I thought of. When I've it, seen head coaches come out all the time. They're, you know what? Bill Belichick does it. He comes out at halftime and goes, you know what, we, we, we're going to start throwing the ball to Chris Hogan. No, they don't fucking tell you what they're going to do. I, I get not telling you. I get, I get that he was trying to play something. But you got the analysts that are like, you know, Herb Street will call out anything to happen. He'll call out the players. He, he'll call out players on the field. He's done it to – he did it to Tennessee. He called out the players on the field. Called them out for, for – Acting a fool. Then he's, but here, Herb Street had no insight to, hey, uh, reminding the audience, Nick Saban told us we're not, they're not going to make a change. Now they're making a change and didn't have any insight to why, that, why they would make that change. Didn't have anything. And then, of course, after the game, everybody says, oh, it's the greatest thing, greatest decision Nick Saban's ever made and his greatest coaching job. Which is another one of the questions I had. Do, well, I do you think that was Nick Saban's greatest coaching job? Well, I have a question for you. Now, he'll never 
I, I think he did all year. I think all year he missed to Lane Kiffin. And I think this might be the first time Lane Kiffin left and was missed. I, I And speaking of Lane Kiffin, I believe it was him who started all the rumors about, hey, this guy's good, this guy would have transferred. I um, believe it was he, Lane he Kiffin. Said it, I don't know I if he said started. it on the Dan Patrick show because I got the tweet. Uh, um, I think those rumors honestly started the second Chip Kelly took the job because Tua had originally committed to Oregon. Or if he didn't commit, he was it was one of his final tools, two schools. Mm-hmm. He went to the same high school as Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Was apparently Marcus Mariota's been working with the kids since he was in the fourth grade. So it's not hard to believe that he'd have followed him to Oregon. Not hard to believe he would have a connection with Chip Kelly. Um, and he's from Hawaii, so it's not hard to believe he'd want to go out to California. So all right. the breadcrumbs were there. Um, Right. Lane Kiffin probably was the got the most publicity for what he said, but and he always will. Oh, he always Lane will. Kiffin, and the way it's not what Lane Kiffin says; it's the way Lane Kiffin says it that <laughs> that makes that makes it newsworthy. It makes everybody makes everybody's hair hair on the back of their neck go up, and that's what that's what it is about Nick about. Uh, Lane Kiffin. It's not. It's not what he says. It's how he says it. But I just. I just thought. I. I thought it, it, it was worth mentioning. Like when they first made the change, I was like, "All right, are we going to mention that Nick Saban said it's not the quarterback's fault, and that's all that they're changing right now?" <laughs> Is and I've said it all year. Am I the only one that's slightly disappointed that Jake Fromm does not play in tacky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there's a uniform requirement. <laughs> that would be awesome. But I mean, you think about you think about the swings of this game though. You think about, about the way this game swung when I, I I'm sorry. I, I just call him the freshman kid. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. You can go to it. I don't even care. I just call him the freshman kid and I'll probably call him that his whole college career, even when he's not a freshman. But anyway, when he threw that interception, when he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and you that was when you thought Georgia was going to, you know, stomp on the heart of Alabama, and that's when they were going to grind it out. If, that had, if it did not work out where Alabama ended up losing, or if Alabama ended up losing in overtime because of that 16-yard sack that the freshman took, would Nick Saban be getting the same kind of love that he's getting now? Would he be getting the, how could you make a change at quarterback? How could you change to this guy over what we had when you know Jalen Hurts? You know, Jalen Hurts, I, I know he was bad in the first half here, but if you go back to the season and you go to the Mississippi State game where – they trailed in the fourth quarter, needed passing to get it done. Jalen Hurts was able to get it done. So would that would, would that have changed the perspective of Nick Saban? Would that have changed the way we looked at Nick Saban after this game? Do you think? Nick Saban will never, ever be judged by one game. His, he is, Nick Saban is one of the few – that has earned the right to basically do whatever he wants to do. Uh, it, it, if I, 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has more national championships than the rest of the active head coaches combined. If not, it's hey, damn close. It's got to be. It's got to be. He has six. Yeah, it's got to. He's got to be. He's got to have it. He's got to have more than that. There, there's not. There's not six coaches that have won a championship. So Nick Saban could do whatever he wants to do. Well, wait. Urban Meyer's got what three? Urban Meyer's two, I think. He's got he's got two at Florida, two at Florida, and one at one at Ohio State, right? All right, we'll get stats and info. We'll get we'll get stats and info on. Anyway, the fact that we can have to debate it and we're and, like, no, that's a ludicrous statement. Just prove. Well, that that brings me to my next point because listen, if Nick Saban trotted out a, a, a formation of eleven linemen, my it, it might work. I want to get to I want to get to a question that was posed to me after the championship game, and I want to hear your thoughts, Walrus. I know what mine are because I know what mine are on this, and mine are jaded because I've done so much research on one of these guys. But I was asked, "Is Nick Saban the best coach in Alabama history?" Yes. Better than Bear Bryant. Yes, and so. There's wow. so much more parity wow. in college football right now than when Bear coached. When Bear coached, there was maybe, what, 10 qualified teams? See, I think, I, I think it's the other way around. Not the parity issue, not that. I think it's easier, it's easier to win a national championship now with the playoffs and with all that kind of, you know, being able to, to get into a single game situation where it's win and you're in. No, because, because back then it was, you play who's on your schedule. You were stuck, sent to whatever bowl you were sent to, and they voted on it. So yeah. it was harder to beat yeah, that yeah, far ahead. Because when, like you said, there were only probably five to eight teams then in the running for national championships anyway. So all of them had to do was not lose. Because if they were already the perceived best team in the nation to start with, don't lose, and it's never going to be surpassed. Uh, it, it, that's a, that's a good good argument. That's a good argument. Uh, I, I can I can see that. Happened to Alabama what last year? They were heading in, They were like what nine and zero or something, and they just dropped to like third in the poll. Yeah. In nineteen fifty eight, you go nine and zero. You're not dropping down in the polls. Right. Right. Um, I still think I still think it's Bear Bryant, but I think it's very. I think it's extremely close, and. In, the fact that it's being brought up as an argument is enough of a push um, for what Nick Saban has done. I don't want to take anything away from Nick Saban. Um, I don't want to take anything away from what Nick Saban's done or what he's, you know, what he's accomplished because being compared to Bear Bryant is not a. Um, I, I, I'm gonna say right now, being compared to Bear Bryant is it, it's like being compared to Bill Parcells. Since I would go as far as to say right now that I put Nick Saban on the Mount Rushmore of football coaches. Not college football coaches, of football coaches. Mm. That's a good off-season question that we can get into. Because when you're talking to Mount Rushmore, so you're talking about like top the top four guys yeah. of coaches all time. Yep. I'm putting that so close. I'm putting Nick Saban there. 
The only thing keeping Nick Saban off of that list is his NFL experience. Both his NFL experience. I think he took that job thinking they were getting Drew Brees. Yeah. They didn't get Drew Brees. He didn't have a quarterback. But I mean, uh, you got to put, you got to put, you got to put Jimmy Johnson on there. Got to put Jimmy up there. You got to put Jimmy on there. You got to put Bill Walsh on there. Bill Walsh, college and NFL. Come on. You got to put them up there. Um. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to go through the list in my head of, you know, guys who have done guys who have done it at both, who have succeeded at both. I would put Bill Parcells on that list. Bill Parcells is my one of my, probably my favorite coach of all time. Uh, even though he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have a college record. If you just look at his what coaching he have a college record, he, I mean, he doesn't have a a known commodity for college. Uh, and then you could go back. Defensive coordinator, Texas Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He doesn't have a head coaching pedigree in college, so he doesn't fit that mold of what I'm what I'm saying about Saban. He's got it only done it at one level. But when you look at the coaching tree and how it connects to Bill Parcells, it's it's his tree is unmatched. So I'm going to put him on the Mount Rushmore. And my fourth one. My fourth coach is 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 the guy the NFL trophy is named after, Vince Lombardi. You got to put Lombardi in there. And so that would be my Mount Rushmore of, of coaches, just based on their impact on on the game. And I mean, you could go back, you could go back a long ways. You could go back to Amos Alonzo Stag. You could go back to okay. Yale. You could go back to all those guys. I'm putting. So that'll be that'll be an interesting. We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to dig into that when we don't have things going on. But we have about an hour left. I think we've exhausted the national champ. I mean, I think we've exhausted what happened in the national championship. Oh, I'm exhausted. Um, so I want to go. I want to go to wild card. I want to go to wild card weekend, and I'm just gonna get this out there right now. Um, first off. Uh, if you're listening to this on Blog Talk Radio, if you're listening live, you're listening through Blog Talk, we are on, we're on KJC Radio. It's a new radio station. Everybody go out. We got our shows. We, we got our show on, on Wednesday nights. Tuesday night is hockey night with Kim and Jimmy. Stay out of my crease. Anything you want to know about hockey, I said this last night on their show, Kim is the voice of hockey. Jimmy is the brains of hockey. You'll learn everything you need to know. Even if you have never skated before, you listen to one of their shows, you'll know every, You'll learn everything you need to know about hockey. Um, and then Thursday nights on our network, we have the lovely ladies of Talk Therapy giving you all of your adult-themed uh, entertainment. Oh, the walrus will be listening tomorrow night. The walrus, well, walrus, I'm sure you'll hear some uh, voices that you're uh, used to, you know. You'll hear, you'll hear some idiot call in to their show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, some idiot calls in every every week and messes up, the, messes up their, their show. Are you calling in? I, I just told you this. I call in every week. This is a <laughs> I call in every week. I call in that show every week. They don't know what's awesome. We're making a guest appearance tomorrow night. No, you're making a guest appearance. Oh, yeah. 
I'm on every week. Listen, I drive ratings, all right? So that's our network right now. That's, that's the KJC network. But the reason I bring that up the most is because I've stolen this theory from the lovely Kim who does the hockey show. She also does she also does the football. She also does football. She loves loves the Dallas Cowboys. That's how I met Kim. And back in our days when we worked for I just remember the name of it. <laughs> back when Kim and I both worked as bloggers for the Landry app. I say worked, but we we didn't get paid, so we just did it. But one of Kim's one of Kim's biggest theories was that the NFL is fixed. And Wild Card Weekend absolutely cemented that in my mind. And that Kansas City-Tennessee game was an absolute absolute choke job by Kansas City, but there was absolutely something going on in that game. And I'll give you the two plays that absolutely – well, there were three plays. One – I mean, I was watching it in the kitchen on my phone, so I didn't have the big HD screen. Oh, I did. Let's but talk. when Mariota threw that pass, the pass that got batted to himself. Yes. Fantastic. First, my first inkling, and it was before, I, I forget who was, was Collinsworth doing the game or? I, I, no, it was on ESPN. It was, it was Gruden and uh the first thing I said when I saw that pass was, he's over the line. And apparently they reviewed it, and he wasn't. I didn't have the, like I said, I did not have the HD capability or the ability to zoom in on my phone because I was busy cooking while I was watching it. But that was my first inkling. And so, Wallace, I'll let you fill me in. Was he over the line of scrimmage? I'm biased. You can't ask me. <laughs> I want to know why. Uh, I I really, at first glance, without the black line, without anything, my first glance was, he's over the line of scrimmage. Then he throws the ball, and he ends up with it back in his hands. And I'm like, did I just see him throw the ball? Because what, what just happened? So that was the first play that I was like, okay. And But at the time, I was like, all right, the Titans are down by enough. I get it. I want to know what happened on the two-point conversion. Why the ref blew that whistle? There's no reason to blow 100%. it. 100%. There's no reason to blow it. Blow that whistle 100%. The quarterback was in the grass. <clears throat> he was in the grass. 100%. That was a rough call. That was no, a rough call. Uh, I thought in the grass. live, I did not think he was going down. I thought he was still keeping the play alive. And even he thought the play was still alive because he was still going after the ball. 100%. In the grass. He knew, he knew it, too. He was good. He kept going after it, and the, the Kansas City guy had to spike him into the ground just to get the ball. So that play happens. Then Derrick Henry fumbles the ball. No, he didn't. Did they return it back for a touchdown. Did you watch? I, Derrick I, Henry's ass hit the ground. His arm hit the ground. He laid there for three seconds. I saw it. But as, as that was that, 100. You're standing there. Let go of the ball. Here, heaven, I've been down for five seconds. If you're if, – if you're a Kansas City fan, but here's the other thing about this: what happened in week? What happened in week one? In game one of the NFL season? What happened in game one? The first, very first game of the season. What was the outcome? 
Do you remember? No. Kansas City played a certain team mm. and beat them, beat them down, beat them like it, like, like they owed them money, okay? Kansas City went into New England and put a thumping on the Patriots. Yeah, it means the NFL was saying, we don't want Kansas City going into there again. They did not want that happening. No, it means Andy Reid can't win in the playoffs. Andy Reid was doing Andy Reid things. <laughs> That's, this is, this. Andy Reid loses the playoff game, and I had an extra cookie for a bit. These are the things that happen. <laughs> These are how it works. But that's where that's no, where you can that's where you I'm get into the NFL being fixed. But no, that's just Andy Reid doing Andy Reid things. The NFL has nothing to do with allowing Derrick Henry seven and a half yards to carry. That's a fucking guy. I mean, I get it. He's like six foot eight, two hundred seventy nine pounds. I run a four four forty, but do something. We'll see. We'll see what happens this week. We'll see what happens this weekend. But that game stood out to me. The other one that stood out to me was. The Falcons game, the Falcons Rams game. Um, I was kind of paying attention to this at work. Kind of, I, I was, eh, I was like, I was kind of into it at the beginning, and then I just kind of slumped down. But you know, the way the Falcons played that game, they they look like they're on a path. I think we're on a path to a uh, to a rematch. I really think that's how I really think that's how the NFL is going to set it up a rematch in the Super Bowl. And if that does happen, that that I think that will stick more to the NFL six kind of mentality that we got going. What in the world? Oh. All right, and I saw already went with the NFL was fixed. Shortly after the end of the country was under a terrorist attack, and a team called the Patriots comes out of nowhere to start a dynasty. That, that again, that 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 fits the mold. And everybody's saying, "Oh, well, if it was fixed, they wouldn't have won last year." No, you're missing you're missing the point. They won last year. They had the most ridiculous comeback to win. They they had they overcame the suspension. You know, they, they're all the storylines were there on the Patriots side. They weren't on the Falcon side. That's why you could say you could say that you could, that's why the Patriots win last year fits the mold of hey guys, <laughs> we're, we're gonna fit we're gonna fix this so that we get we get this kind of matchup. And and I'm not saying games are totally like fixed like like WWE matches where people are just laying down. But what I'm saying is if you're given an op- if you're given an opportunity to make that call, they're gonna make the call in somebody's favor. I guarantee you I I can I'll put a guarantee on this. If the if the Patriots are playing the Titans and that two point play happens Patriots return it for a touch for the two point conversion. They don't say he blew the whistle. I'll tell you that right now. If it was not a setup, and I guarantee you they were given, hey, if it's close, call it. If it's close, call it. If not, let it go. They would have easily let that go if that was the Patriots. 
I, I have I wholeheartedly believe that. But so that's so that was a couple um well if you got anything else from Wild Card Weekend, I don't think there was anything else too crazy. I mean Jacksonville people are crying about the Jacksonville interception. I really I'm not I'm not too up in arms about the that play. I mean, uh, yeah, that was my consideration. Was the bill the Bills probably weren't going to win that game anyway? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too fired up over an intercept uh, an interception that probably hit the ground, but you could e- you could easily call it the other way. Um, so Jacksonville moves on to play Pittsburgh. Let's get some of these out. Let's get – so what do we got? We got – so it's the divisional round this week. So we'll stick with so Pittsburgh-Jacksonville. What do, you, what do you think about that game? I think that's probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Oh, probably. And uh, I like Jacksonville. You like Jacksonville to go into Pittsburgh again. And they, they – when they beat Pittsburgh this earlier this year, was it in was it in Jacksonville or was I it? I believe it was in Pittsburgh. So I, could I, be wrong. I don't think I don't think they're going to be afraid of that. I think there's I think there's too many weapons on on Pittsburgh to falter against Jacksonville. Be interesting to see a Tom Coughlin team get back to the. Uh, that would be my interesting storyline is that Jack- Jacksonville got rid of Tom Coughlin. You know, he led, he, well, he's the guy that led Jacksonville to the championship, to the AFC championship game back, back when they were the expansion team. And in his first year back, he's got Jacksonville back in the AFC championship game. So that would be an interesting storyline. Um, but I, I, do, I think that's – I think that's the best matchup of the weekend. In the NFC, the other matchup is Minnesota, Minnesota, New Orleans. What do you think about that game? I got Minnesota. You got Minnesota. So you think Case Keenum can keep it going? I do, as much as I don't like Case Keenum, but Case Keenum could force someone to pay him sixteen million a year. Nobody's gonna pay Case Keenum that much. Nobody's gonna pay him to be a starter off one year. Oh, hundred percent they will. Well, maybe the Jets will. Hundred percent they will. Um, I he's, think he's, he's going to have at least as good a number as Jay Cutler had last year. And Jay Cutler retired and got ten million on Miami. Oh, oh, we got. I know who this is. All right, we got another caller. It's a banner night for us. Hey, what's going on? You're on the air, hey. Fitzdown College Football Show. Who are we talking to? Hey, fellas. You know, once you start talking about the Vikings, Mr. Saints calling in. Oh, what's going on, Saint? How are you, fellas? Yeah, don't don't get the name mistaken. Not a. I, I might be a Saint, so but I'm not a Saints fan. So. Oh, Walrus with his little clips, man. All right, Saint, what do you got for me on your Vikings? Um, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I'm a little anxious, but uh, I got faith. I got faith in the defense. I think they can do enough on offense. Think if uh, Case okay. Keenum can be uh, mistake free, I think they'll be all set. Now let the walrus ask you a question, if I may, sir. 
Absolutely. Case Keenum goes out with this game for you. Are you paying him $16 million next year? If he wins the game? If he, if he wins this week, do you, are you opposed to them giving him $16 million a year? Uh, I don't think $16 million is a good number. I don't think that's – I don't think he's deserved that much anyway, personally. What has he done up until his, this year? I, he's been awful. I, I don't like Case Keenum, but they're saying that he's, he's a been, He's been a backup. <laughs> Coming off – he started before. He started in St. Louis. He started in Houston. He was just terrible. He started in L.A. last year. Um, they're saying his starting number could be around 13 to $14 million based on the fact that Jay Cutler got 10. So they figure Jay Cutler's 10. He's an, he, he's, they're saying he's better than Cutler, so he's got to get $13 million. That's well. See, I don't know. You know, I I'm not a big Cutler fan, but I don't think he's got the the track record that uh, Cutler has. I mean, we'll see if he can keep this up for another year. But I wouldn't give him 16 million. That's that's a little outrageous. All right, well, all right. So I'm gathering you'd like to re-sign him, just not at that number. What where do you like him at? If you had to put a number on him. I'm willing to go 10, no more than that. I think that's pretty fair with today's NFL. Um, okay. Of, co- of course, every year somebody breaks the bank and brings that number up. But, yeah, I think uh, no more than $10 million is pretty fair for and somebody what, who hasn't. What would you want him to do with Teddy Bridgewater? Do you, want, do you want him to come back? Do you let him walk? So, ideally, what I want Bridgewater is a Vikings free agent. They didn't pick up his option because of his knee. Because yeah. the the so the, uh, the fifth year option is guaranteed for injury. Okay. So they didn't want to pick up his option. It was an injury. It would have been guaranteed. Okay. All right. So, Saint, do you want to bring Bridgewater back or Keenum? That's basically what we're asking. Um, I don't think it would be too far fetched to say both. Um, I think they let Bradford walk, obviously, uh, given his injury history. Um. The only question I have is, is, is Teddy going to want to hang around for another year as a backup? But I, you know, I don't, I personally don't think that'll happen, but my ideal situation would be to keep both of those two. I think, I think one of those, one of those two guys, whoever, whoever they decide not to go for it, the other guy's going to get a, a starting contract with somebody else. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. I agree. And, like I said, I think it all depends on what Alex, what happens with Alex Smith. When we talk quarterbacks, it all depends on what happens with Alex Smith. Do you think Alex Smith is the first domino? I think he's the first domino to fall. If he if he leaves, all the teams are going to go after him. He's going to be everybody's option one. Kirk Cousins is, is, is I don't. I don't think Kirk Cousins is is the younger, higher upside. The floor is a little bit lower on Cousins. You got, you're probably guaranteed to, at their worst, get a little bit better out of Smith. I think I still think Alex Smith is the better is the better option. Then I would go Cousins. Then I would go with whoever Minnesota decides on. And so you, so I'm just, I'm working off the assumption that you're assuming Drew Brees stays in New Orleans. Yeah, oh, I, I think he, he. There's no way he can leave New Orleans. With everything he's done for that city, 
Speaking of Drew Brees, Saint, does, does Drew Brees scare, scare your defense or what? You know, he does. Um, but if there's anything that that game last week taught me is that if you bottle up the run, which Minnesota is more than capable of doing, uh, you can, uh, you know, mix and match in the backfield there and, you know, cause some problems. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic, but we'll see. I wouldn't be cautiously optimistic, Saints. I would be fully optimistic. I think your Saints roll. I really do. You know, I uh, – <laughs> Is there anything that told me about being a Viking fan for for almost 15 years now? Uh, is that cautiously optimistic is a is, is a good term? <laughs> you, you're telling me you just sit around and wait for disappointment. <laughs> as long as well, they don't leave it in the hands of the kicker at the end of the game, I'm I'm a happy camper. Say you jumped the gun. I was just gonna say the same thing. I said as long as it doesn't come down to a field goal, you're you're in you're probably in good shape. Yeah, I, I uh, two years ago when they played Seattle, I think for two hours after the game, I don't think my heart stopped. I think I, I, <laughs> if I had another situation like that, I, I don't what, know. Walsh isn't there anymore, so hopefully you guys have a kicker that can make 22-yard field goals. Yeah, I think so, but uh, that that might be the uh, that might be the edge of it because I don't know. I I like Kai Forbath, but. Uh, if it came down to a 55-yard-plus kick, I don't know if I trust it. Mm. I, I, think, I think that game I, – I, I think that's the Minnesota-New uh, Orleans game. I think that's going to be one of the worst games of the week based on the fact that I think either team, whoever wins, is going to blow the other team out. If the Saints win, it's going to be a blowout. If Minnesota wins, it's going to be because they absolutely shut down New Orleans. So, um, when I say it's going to be the worst game, I think it's going to be the least competitive. I think it's going to be a blowout. One team or the other is going to blow the other team out. I see it. Uh, I see it as uh, 31-17 Vikings. That makes me feel better, sir. (laughs) I think it's going to be by 15, 17 points, somewhere in there. Well, if, uh, if the track record for the Vikings over the last four weeks of the season is that they've literally shut down the opposition, they shut out the Packers, I know, granted who they had on offense. But, I mean, anything's possible, but I'm hoping for the Vikings defense to pitch a shutout. I don't think you're going to shut out. I I, I don't want to say never. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, there were – if there was a coach and a quarterback that I would say, these guys are not getting shut out, it's Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I'm pretty sure they're going to put up some kind of points. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> it's a tall task. So, hopefully Case Keenum does not – hopefully Case Keenum stays on that level he's at and doesn't come back down to earth. Because they're going to yeah, need him I mean, to put I, up. I a legitimately think. Yeah. yeah, I I legitimately think though that, you know, like he has all year, he hasn't been that flashy. I, I think that if he can be mistake free, you know, just do you know what needs to be done, you know, convert on third downs. I think I think he'll be all right. 
All right. So, do you think do you do you agree with Walrus and I that it's going to be a fourth? You know, do you think it's going to be really close? Because you're sound, you're sounding like it's going to be a close game. Yeah, you know, I I have a feeling that it might follow suit with the game last week against Carolina. The only difference is, is uh, I don't see the Vikings being as sloppy as Carolina was. That's true. See, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Minnesota comes jumps out, jumps out on on New Orleans, and New Orleans makes it kind of a game late. They start playing, then start scoring late. That's when I think it becomes a, becomes the score becomes closer. But I think the whole time, I, I think the whole time you're 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 not going to have one of those Minnesota type games where you're like on the edge of your seat every every drive. You're going to be in that mode of, oh, no, how do we blow this lead? I can see that. And uh, we just can't get complacent in the second half. Um, you know, there has been a few games this year um, where the second half, they kind of – the defense just kind of gets lackadaisical and gives up a few points. Yeah. All right, Saint, thank you for calling in and giving us your Viking, you know, Hopefully we'll be talking to you next week with uh, about more more Viking stuff with uh, a lot more on the line. All right, buddy. All right, no doubt, fellas, and uh, yeah, I'll be uh, calling in no matter what. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely, we definitely want to hear your thoughts on the game, no matter which way it turns out. All right, take care, fellas. All right, later, buddy. All right, so we got some Viking, we got some Viking talk in there. All right, let's go to the next game. I want to save the other one for the end. So let's go with, let's go, let's go with Falcons. Falcons Eagles. I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be one of the one of the more exciting games of the weekend. I think it's gonna be up and down. I think both teams are gonna go up and down the field. I don't see that. I don't see this game being a, uh, you know, like a 17-10 game. I don't see that happening. I see it being more of a 35-38 somewhere around there kind of show. And um, as much as I, as much as I would, this game really pulls at my heartstrings because um, obviously being a Cowboys fan, I. I I despise everything Eagles and being a Rangers fan and a um, a Mets fan, I despise everything Philadelphia. So I am not in, in the mood of picking the Philadelphia Eagles for any reason. And on the other side, my brother is a Falcons fan, so... You know, if the Falcons win, then I got to hear it from him about how the Falcons are so good and all that garbage. So, um, I really, I really don't want either team to win. But in this situ, in this kind of situation, I would say, I would say Julio Jones. I've said, I said it last year. I'll say it again. Julio Jones is the best player in in all of football. I love Julio Jones. 
his skill level, his, everything about him is better than everybody else at his I position. Like, I like so I'm going to roll with the Falcons. I think the Falcons win a high-scoring close game. Let me think, Lars. Um, I don't have much faith in Nick Foles. So I'm thinking uh, 40 to 10. Oh, wow. I'm only faith in Nick Foles. So you don't believe uh, as 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 brother Tom has as said on the Facebook on our Facebook post. You're saying you don't believe in the pro in the Pro Bowl MVP quarterback Nick Foles. No. He did win a Pro Bowl MVP in okay. Philadelphia. What do you get to <laughs> a Pro Bowl MVP? I'm just trying to I'm just trying to throw some salt on what you said. What else are you going to say about Nick Foles? That's all you got. He's got one year of he was great. <laughs> he was great for one year. I'm trying to poke I'm trying to poke holes in your in your in your trashing of Nick Foles and give give people some hope. I'm trying I'm trying to give my boy Steve some hope. And and Lavazza, you know I love you even though you're an Eagles fan, but um, I I got to root against you and I had to I had to bring you up here because Lavazza was another one on the uh, I was talking to him all throughout the uh, national championship game and he was you know every time every time I post something about the about Georgia and Georgia taking the lead he was right there and then once Alabama started coming back I was like uh uh-uh. oh I was like oh Steve look at this and that was the end that was the end that's the end of our conversation so. Uh, I know Steve's going to be watching the Eagles game and rooting for his Eagles, but I got to pick. The, I got to go with the Falcons, but I do think it's going to be close. I think Nick Foles will be able to do a decent enough job. No, Nick Foles. No, uh, Falcons aren't. I mean, no. Falcons defense is not like the greatest thing ever. No. <laughs> um, I know they won last week on the road, but Matt Ryan's road playoff record is not necessarily great. So I wouldn't say – I'd say Matt Ryan's a totally different player when he's not playing in a, in the Georgia Dome or whatever they call it now. I don't care. Still the Georgia Dome. What were you saying? If Carson West is playing, it's a completely different discussion. Nick Foles is – no, he's just bad. So far, you've got Case Keenum is just bad. And my Blake Bortles is just bad. Are there any good quarterbacks? You don't have faith in your own quarterback, Marcus Mariota, unless, unless he's throwing the ball to himself. He's doing something to himself. So, and there's three good quarterbacks. Awesome. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the NFL these days for you. There's three good quarterbacks. And the rest are just seat fillers. No. Philly has a good quarterback. He's just He's hurt. Just hurt. Well, Somebody's going to call in and tell me that the world is bad. I would love, I would love to hear the argument. Blake Bortles, the guy who is supposed to be shipped out of town, 
before the season started. So, I mean, how many of these quarterbacks that are left are were were said to be out out the door, and now Matt they're Ryan. not a good quarterback. Matt Matt Ryan. Ryan. Right, Matt Ryan. Right. Matt Ryan. No, <laughs> you're all you're all flustered on Nick Foles. You're going all you're going you're going all Trey on Nick Foles, man. You're going you're going tra- you're going Trey in his Michigan. Getting all set. All right, um, well, let's get to that last game then. And since we're in Connecticut, we have to deal. Um, Lars and I have to deal with this pretty much nonstop. Um, the uh, um, we have to deal with the Patriots garbage nonstop. So um, let's just try to get the Patriots. Underway here. What what do you think is going to happen in Foxborough? I'll go I'll go to the Titans fans. What are, what are you going to be looking for? Establish Derrick Henry early. Establish Derrick Henry often, and then reestablish Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking if Malarkey if Malarkey can if he shows you something is it are you saying he's out the, when you fired him earlier in the show? Are you saying he's gone, or if he if he run if he if he, can he do something to save his job? I mean, if he beats the Patriots, I don't think they can justify firing him. But, I mean, it, even in a loss, it, it, can he do something in a loss? Like, if if you said give the ball to Derrick Henry. If they give the ball to Derrick Henry 20, I mean, you're, you're not in the days of Emmett Smith where you got guys getting like 30, yes, 35. No, that's what we need to do. I, I, that, it's not that – I want Derrick Henry – we're not I in that. I want Derrick Henry to have 35 carries. We're not in that. I don't care if we use every carry the man has. Because if he's getting that many carries, that means that means a couple things are happening. One, the Titans are possessing the football. And you know what that tells me? There's one thing I can guarantee. Not even Tom Brady can score a touchdown if the Titans have the football. Not even Tom Brady. Yeah. He's done. Tom Brady cannot score the football if the Titans I don't know. possess it. Tom Brady can do a lot of things. Tom Terrific can do a lot of things. And, be surprised. and not even Tom Brady can score a touchdown as long as the Titans possess it. <laughs> I would love to see one of those great nights. Like, what the Cowboys have a 17-minute drive? Yeah. I would love to see that. Okay. I would love to see the Titans get the opening kickoff and then 17 minutes later score a touchdown. The whole first quarter, just they have the ball. Outstanding. Go. Another thing I need to I'll have is I need, I need them to give them the, Jason, the, the Travis Kelsey. Helmet's the helmet. Take out the tight end. <laughs> okay. Run the bounty program. So take out Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Take out Gronk. Before he drops Gronk's elbow on another, run, on another quarterback. <laughs> All right. So what if, so if, what if they run the ball? I'll be, I'll be conservative with it here. What if they run the ball 25 times with Derrick Henry and they end up losing by a field goal? Or they end up losing the game anyway? You know, obviously he's going to get the ball. It's got to be close for him to get the ball. But what it, what it, would that save Malarkey's job in your, no. in your eyes? Or, no. is or is it win? Or is it just a win? He has I, to win. I'm not even 100% certain of a win saves his job. The offense took a step back this year. If you watch every preseason show, Marcus Mariota was, was everything.
interesting. And if and if McDaniels is the supposed replacement, the Titans can do something they haven't done in a long time. The Titans can make something splashy. When's the last time the, the Titans never do splashy? They never done splashy. I mean, when was when was their really good years? It was with Steve McNair. That's not they, splash. No, that's no. But Steve McNair splashy hire. They don't make the splashy trade. They don't make the splashy free agent signing. I, they never do that. That's no, not, they that's don't. not their way. Exactly. So if it would be nice, a nice change of pace to go, even if it doesn't work out, like as much as I would love, you know, I obviously want it to work out. I'm a Titans fan. It would just, it, it would be nice to see that they're actually trying. Like the last, <laughs> be nice to see that the last two head coaches, Mike Munchak, how do you go from <laughs> offensive line coach to head coach? Oh, your team is cheap, and you don't want to do anything spectacular. <laughs> All right, so what he Mike Munchak was so bad, he got fired as a head coach and had to go back to coaching offensive line. Nobody would even give him a coordinator's job. So that's your fan. That's your fan. That's your fan. That's what you want them to do. Now I'm going to ask you to put on the hat of of analyst, and what do you think is going to happen? I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you mine after. I wanted to get yours on, on the record first. Well, the Titans have, I believe, the fourth or fifth ranked rush defense in the in the NFL. So I I, I think Bill Belichick is just going to try try to work the outside, work the Titans corners where they where they're going to be exposed. Um, the Titans' key splash signing this offseason was Logan Ryan, uh, former Patriot. So if anybody has any kind of experience on how to attack Logan Ryan, it's Bill Belichick. Um, like I said, I. I it hurts. I don't think the Titans keep this game competitive. I don't think they're ready to play on the level of the Patriots. Um, but it is the NFL. Anything can happen. But like I said, it's going to have to be a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. We're, you're going to have to play keep away from Tom Brady. We're going to have to score often, and you're going to have to make Brady score every time. And, and anything, anything that he does bad, you're going to have to capitalize on. Uh, I don't know if you check the stats. Brady did struggle down the stretch. His last six games, I think he only threw six touchdown passes. So he, he has he hasn't been Superman down the stretch. All right. Um, so you, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be? What do you think it's going to be? You're all over the map here, Ken. I I I don't I I don't think it's going to be a competitive game because Mike Malarkey's not going to game plan properly. So you think he's going to come out and try to try to establish throwing the ball? Yes, absolutely. I think I think I tend to think along those lines. I think it's going to be a. I'm just I'm going to go back to I'm going to go to the college game college game from Monday night. I think he's going to try to do what Georgia did, try to outthink Bill Belichick and fail miserably. He's going to try to pass the ball, like you said. He's going to try to establish the pass, and that's not going to happen. I think the Patriots are going to be – you know the Patriot – you know the Patriot way, and you know Bill Belichick, he'll take away your best option. The best option is the running game. So I think they'll have a plan to stop the running game, and they're going to make Mariota beat them by throwing to somebody else not to himself. So you don't think he'll complete another touchdown pass to himself? 
I don't think so. Fantasy owners, I don't think you will be able to start Mariota as a quarterback and receiver um, this week. I, I really don't think he's going to throw a pass. But on the same thing, on the same level, who is he going to complete passes to? I mean, Walker. I, 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 he'll be, he'll be covered by McCourty. I, I'll give, I'll give McCourty, I'll give, I'll give McCourty the edge there. I won't. Um, Dwayne Walker's too big, too strong. If you put, if, if McCourty will make the play, but I'll, I'll take six yards. They can dump like six yards, but so he's not going to. Yeah, but I don't see anybody threatening the outside, so McCourty will have a lot of help underneath. That's. Well, uh, Corey Davis is most certainly a threat on the outside. Um, He's a rookie. He he hasn't played well, but, I mean, he's definitely a threat. He can stretch the field. He's just got to pull his head from his shrinker. Eric Decker can't drop passes that go through his hands and hit him in the numbers. Oh, welcome to to Eric Decker. Um, Welcome to what Eric Decker is. I I, I watched that last week, and that infuriated me. (laughs) Marcus Mariota did everything he was supposed to do on that play. He scrambled. He kept the play alive. He looked downfield, found Eric Decker running with him, put a ball in his hand. The ball went through Decker's hands and hit him between the numbers and fell down. And that is when Marcus Mariota decided I should just complete passes to myself. Yeah, that's what he's learned. At least I said, I got, I got to do this myself. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a Patriots blowout from start start to finish. Uh, depending on what the Patriots do with the opening kickoff, uh, you know, if they win, they usually defer. So if Patriots get the ball first, that's the only time you're going to see the game at seven nothing. And even well, that's close. fine. And they need to make a fifteen a seventeen minute drive. No, I mean, if the Patriots get the ball first, it's going to be seven nothing, and then it's going to be off to the races from there. The only see, the only chance this game has of being close in my mind is if Tennessee, is if New England wins the toss, they defer and they kick it off to Tennessee. That's the only time this game is going to be close. Because once the Patriots get the ball, I don't see them being stopped. Um. You know, we'll find out Saturday night. I just want to find. What do you want to find? I was looking for the remote for my TV so I could get the game up. up. Find out what's going with the schedule's like. Saturday night, eight o'clock. All right. So, just for just for the viewers, uh, for the listeners here, we got Falcons Eagles Saturday at four thirty. We got Falcon Falcons at the Eagles. Uh, Walrus has the Falcons winning big, winning big because Nick Foles stinks. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be close. I think Falcons win. It's going to be close. We both are predicting that the Patriots will blow out the Titans at eight o'clock on Saturday. Um, of course, Walrus will be rooting hard for the Titans and. On that note, I'm disappointed in the uh, New England brethren out there. Nobody wanted to come in and take on the Walrus. They're all scared of you, Walrus. 
They're all scared of the walrus. They're all scared to wager with the walrus. Unbelievable, Patriots fans. You got you got the Titans who just sneaked into the playoffs. You got lucky enough to play Andy Reid and have Andy Reid screw it up. And you won't even call in to, to, to wager with the walrus. Unbelievable. Oh, we should ask Saint. We should ask Saint if he was going to uh, take your uh, bet on. What were you betting on? Oh, the Raiders. Yeah, we should have asked. We'll have to do that next week when people call in. We'll just make. We'll we'll force them to answer the question instead of letting them call in. We'll try to force. We'll try to force a wager with the Walrus. But all right. So that's Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday at one o'clock we got Jaguars Steelers. I'm on record saying I think this will be the best game of the week. I do think the Steelers will be able to win it, but I think it will be a close game. I think it will be something like 24-27, somewhere around there. And I think it will be a game that is competitive the entire time. Not, um, I know I said the Eagles and Falcons game was going to be that way, but I, don't, I think that game is going to be more – Falcons blow them out. Eagles make a comeback. Um, and Walrus, you said the Jaguars, right? Yeah. All right. So the, you've got the Jaguars. I got the Steelers. That game is the. Why don't you wager with the Walrus? Because I don't have anything riding on the Steelers, and because frankly, I don't care. They play in. I think you're scared. Of the they Walrus. play in stupid Pennsylvania. You're scared of the Walrus. Plus, I'm pro- uh, plus I'll be rooting for the Jaguars. Any, I- I'm picking the Steelers, but I'll be rooting for the Jaguars. So it's not, it's not a a total. If I was totally all in on the Steelers, I probably would, but I'm not. And then the last game, the Saints and the Vikings, four o'clock on Sunday. We both have we both have the Vikings. And there's only one Saint I care about, and that's Sean Saint. And he called in. And he called in. Sean Saint did join us. That was a good. That was a good. Good uh, rip you had on him too. I don't even think he heard it because he was already into his spiel when you asked him, "Are you not a Saint this week?" <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, what I'm here for. I'm here for <laughs> We both we both have the Vikings. So the only game we really differ on is Jag Steelers. Um, we'll see how that goes. I am afraid. I, I'm not afraid. I just I don't. I'm picking the Steelers, right. but I don't want them to win. I'm going to be rooting against them the Better entire time. Than you have been afraid of the Walrus. Yeah. Well, all the Patriots fans out there should be ashamed of themselves for not. Well, there's many reasons Patriots. <laughs> because Patriots fans. Every Patriots fan I know is all in on the on the Patriots. All I would, in. I, I, at my previous employer, I was full of Patriots fans, and while we're talking about them, I tell you this funny story. I found it to be hilarious. And what? we were talking about the uh, when they beat um, the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, and we were talking about coaching, and I had a Patriots fan explain to me. Then that's why the Patriots would never hire a coach like Pete Carroll. Those were the words that came out of his mouth. And I said, excuse me? Who's your coach? 
Oh and they said that's why the Patriots would never hire a coach like Pete Carroll. I said, how long have you been a Patriots fan? Oh, my whole life. I've been watching football 15, 20 years. <laughs> like, that's awesome. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they would never hire a guy like Pete Carroll. Well, I said that. They would hire Pete Carroll. They would never hire a coach like Pete Carroll because they hired Pete Carroll. <laughs> Except for a guy named Pete Carroll. Oh, wait. They hired the most Pete Carroll-like guy on the planet. <laughs> That's awesome. They don't get any more Pete Carroll like than Pete Carroll himself. People don't like to remember that era. They don't. They don't like that era. They don't like. They don't like the Scott Zolak era. So I, I informed that young gentleman that he is precisely the reason why <laughs> nobody can stand Patriots fans. Yeah. That's a. That's a. Uh, you know what? The Titans would never hire a story like Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Jeff Fisher's not in the NFL, because the Titans won't hire him. Yeah. It's like me saying the Cowboys will never hire a guy like Wade Phillips. No, they oh, wait. <laughs> oh, why yeah. hire a guy like would never hire a guy like Chan Gailey? Damn. And they certainly <laughs> would never, ever, <laughs> let a guy named Jimmy Johnson walk out the door. No, they, the Cowboys <laughs> would never do that. Um, all right, so we got we got about 20 minutes left of our show. I think we've <laughs> gone through everything, so let's just recap the show and then. Uh, I want the plug. You're gonna talk about Pete Carroll. Oh, we can talk about anything. We can talk about anything for right now. I think we've covered pretty much everything. But Pete Carroll, he fired his offensive coordinator today. Yeah. Um, Daryl Bevel. Well, I mean. Pete Carroll can fire whoever he wants. How about firing the guy who decided, let's spend zero dollars on the offensive line and let's start a guy who was a, uh, I, I believe it was, their starting left tackle was playing college basketball last year or two years ago or something. He's like brand new to football. And they're like, let's throw him in at left tackle. Yeah, it's only the most important position on the field. I don't say they spent no money on the offensive line. They uh they traded for Dwayne Brown from the Texans. That wasn't until like week five or week they, six. They, they still acquired him. Well, that's what he reported. Um, and they did have Tom Cable. Tom Cable is one of the best offensive line coaches in the game. So I would consider him have, having him as spending money on the offensive line. Oh. You can have the best coach in the world, but if you have guys who have never played football before in their life playing left tackle, there's not much the offensive – there's not much Tom Cable can do other than, all right, let me try to get this guy knowing what he's going to see. Let me try and to then, not get Russell Wilson killed. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's – that. how about Pete Carroll? How about you figure that part out first? Listen, you know what? The Seahawks would never hire someone like Pete Carroll. <laughs> the Seahawks, yeah. The Seahawks would never hire a guy like Derek, uh, Dennis Erickson. No. They would you never know, do that. The University of Tennessee would never hire a guy like Wayne Tiffin either. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever hire a guy like Wayne Tiffin. I'm trying to think of, like, any any hiring things. That, I'm trying to think of other guys that I would fire. Who would fire? <laughs> well, I mean... Who fire you? <laughs> you cannot fire me. I don't get paid for this. So, there we go. Can't get fired from a non-paying job. Anybody could. It's you, 
I have been fired. I did get fired from my blog writing because I said I wrote three weeks in a row that Jason Garrett should be fired. I don't know who the Gi- I don't know who the Giants have hired yet, but that guy should be fired. The Giants? The Giants head coach. Uh, there's they po- haven't hired anybody yet. They're but supposedly in line for Matt Patricia. Oh, really? Yeah. He prefers that job over the Lions. Who doesn't? Who wants to go to Detroit and coach any anywhere near near the Detroit Lions? Oh. No one wants to take over the Detroit Lions franchise. This is really hard to say. The Lions are in better shape than the Giants. Are they really, though? I yes. mean, Matt, Matt Stafford is they have a quarterback. They have, yeah, they have nothing else. Everything else in Detroit is an absolute joke. Oh, if Darius Slack, he's all right. They've got some pieces over there. I think you've got more to work with in, in New York than you do. And you've got a better track record of what goes on in New York than you do in Detroit. Um, I, would, I, I, would, I would absolutely say New York is a better job than, than Detroit. Not at all. You don't have problems in New York. You're going to have cap problems in Detroit in about two years. You have two years, you're going to have no cap room. You have a team that can't stand your – First-round pick, Eli Apple. You've got an offensive lineman in in, uh, what's his name? in Eric Flowers that just decided he didn't want to play the rest of the year. Uh, that'll all be sorted out by when they get the Colts. When they get Pat- – if, if that's who they're getting, Patricia, it'll be an interesting hire for his first job. You would think they would want an experience – they went with somebody. They went with a new guy last time, and look how that worked. Well, they said when they started, they wanted either someone with head coaching experience, or that had been a coordinator for an extended period of time, ideally both. And that's when everyone had pegged Jim Schwartz for that job. Because that basically that that screams Jim Schwartz. That that screams Jim Schwartz. Like that just says Jim Schwartz. Please submit a resume. Like, and he knows. He knows that being Philadelphia's uh, defensive coordinator, so he knows the NFC East. That he would probably be my, if I were the Giants, that would be the guy I would be going after. I mean, I like I like Matt Patricia, but I think that in New York, I don't think the New York Giants can be your first coaching job. I mean, I think that would I think it would be not way all much I can say this. Matt Patricia is a rocket scientist. That's true. I mean, he kind of knows what he's doing. He does. It's just that the pressure of New York and the Giants, you know, the Giants are New York. As much as, as, much as the Jets want to say they're from New York, no. The, the Jets are not New York. When you talk football in New York, it's the Giants. And every every... I every every move you make, every, every single you take, every single little thing that you do is going to be criticized and talked about nonstop. And for that, you need somebody who's got experience. And I don't think I mean your guy, your guy Josh McDaniels would make more sense off the Patriots than um, 
than Patricia would. He fits both those molds. Offensive, uh, he's exactly what they're looking for, an offensive guy. Um, you know, he's been a head coach. But you're going to need an offensive guy because you know the Giants are going to look to take the next, you know, they're looking to take their quarterback in this draft. No so future. You interview and tell them you're going to hire a great offensive coordinator. How many great offensive coordinators are there, Alger? You don't know until they become one. There could be, there could be 100 great offensive coordinators. Maybe I'm a great offensive coordinator. I'm going to give it a shot yet. It's not coordinating offense. <laughs> Put your resume out there, Walter. Let's see. Let's see. But I, I, I'm Listen, just saying. Seven championships in a row. And <laughs> I'm just saying. If he, State. if he, uh, if McDaniel, McDaniel fits the mold. If they're looking for a Patriot guy, McDaniel fits the mold more than Patricia does. But you know. Well, maybe the Giants don't want to do things the Patriot way. <laughs> Well, if they want Patricia, that's what they're going to get, the Patriot way. He's a rocket scientist. Literally a rocket scientist. He could do something completely different. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to flip the script. All of a sudden, he goes from Belichick, he, he, he goes away. That's, yeah, not, that's that. not how he, that works. He might, he might literally become Wayne Tippett. You have no idea. Yeah, but people, thought, people, thought, <laughs> people thought Josh McDaniels was going to go the wrong way, and then... Was not going to do the Patriot way. Oh my goodness, that was a nice block by Porzingis. Good God! All right, so, so um, we got about ten minutes left. So you're thinking Matt Patricia there? What do we think is going to happen in uh in, in Detroit with their head coaching job? Who's going to take that job? I mean, they've already had Jim Schwartz, so he's out. I thought thought they were going to hire in-house a northern defensive coordinator. I think Terrell Austin is a great pick. You mean they don't want Coach Jimbo? No. They don't want head coach Jimbo? I don't know why nobody (laughs) Head coach Jimbo Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. I thought they were going with Terrell Austin. I think he's a great pick. I believe he ended up on the uh, Martin Lewis' staff in Cincinnati. (laughs) <laughs> That's another other issue that everybody's been up in arms about. I'll give you arms. I mean, I, people are, are going crazy. How does Marvin Lewis get his job back? Well, How does Marvin Lewis get an extension? Easy, because he's Marvin Lewis. And no, you have to understand they haven't been terrible. They're just not the, good. The standard in Cincinnati is a lot lower than other places. Um. I mean, I mean, all he has to do is walk into the owner's office and be like, hey, we haven't drafted in the top five since I've been here. And they'll be like, what about that A.J. Green guy? All right, we drafted up there once. <laughs> but it, it, it's, a, it's funny to me. Like, they sit there, people, people will get on, and people will get on these shows and they'll talk about Marvin Lewis is 0-7, he needs to go, we need to bring somebody else in. This is the same argument I made about a month ago when we talked about the Tennessee job. And people said, we don't like Greg Schiano because of his record, but we'll bring somebody in who has no record. Some record is better than no record. And they wouldn't hire T. Martin because of the <laughs> media. 
<laughs> that's not happening in uh, in Cincinnati. They already have their uh, they already have their guy in there. But that's what that's what everybody said. That would have been awesome if it went in. If he just shot it from the out of bounds. Yeah, we're live, by the way. I don't care. That would have been awesome if it went in. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. At this point, in this, with 10 minutes left in the show, I don't care. It's, I want to see Jared Jack throw the ball from out of bounds and throw it into the hoop. You would rather talk about Jim better. Bob Cougar than But, yes, you brought up the Lions want to hire from inside. I say they just hired Jim Bob just so we can say Coach Jim Bob, Coach Cooter. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about Coach <laughs> Coach Cooter. Uh, you want to talk about that pretty much. Is that not Ryan's football right now? That, that is Ryan's football. I'm talking about Coach Cooter. Becky Hammond does coach for the Spurs. Just throw that out there. Now that I've offended any team. Awesome. Awesome. There we go. Um, all right. We started off the we started off the rails, and I don't think we ever got back on track, back on any kind of track here tonight. Oh, what we were talking about, Coach. <laughs> we started we started talking about the Jets and their train wreck, and we ended with Coach Cooter. Um, I'd say that's a win. <laughs> I'd say that's a win. Somehow we made from Detroit Lions football to Spurs basketball like that. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the new world of the fifth down of the fifth down football show. Eventually, we'll just be the fifth down show, and we'll be able to make these these kind of references all all day long. We'll be able to go. <laughs> we'll be able to go from Lions Lions football to Spurs basketball to. Oh God. Um, so we'll take the last few to recap what we learned. Well. We learned, we learned we learned that the Jets are thinking about Baker Mayfield and adding crotch grabbing to their uh, to their roster. So whoa, 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 we got eight minutes left and we got a phone call. Outstanding. Probably Becky Hammond's agent. <laughs> <laughs> Probably somebody come on, man. Who are you <laughs> Welcome to the Fifth Down Cross Football Show. What do you got for us? Who is this? Hey, hey, Chris, how you doing? It's Jimmy. Oh, what's going on, Jimmy? <laughs> I just, I just turned into your broadcast, and I don't know what the heck you're talking about with Coach Cooter, but I, I kind of like it. I don't know how you guys got there. For you. I don't know how you got That's that's how we roll. Um. Jimmy, interesting that you would call. I know Minnesota. We had a Minnesota guy on before. We had a Minnesota fan call before. So, what what, what are you thinking about the game this weekend? Uh, I don't know. It, it, um, New Orleans doesn't play as well on the road as they do at home. Um, but it all comes down to Drew Brees. I mean, if he's if he gets hot, um, he, he could beat anybody. But they typically don't play as well on the road as they do at home. So um, I don't know. There's um, there's there's talk that if it gets to be as cold as they think it's going to be, that they might open the doors and play it outside. So we'll see what happens there too. 
because they always have that option at that stadium, a U.S. Bank Stadium. So that would be fun. <laughs> well, since, since Minnesota's not uh, not relying on their quarterback as much as New Orleans is, that that's probably a, a, an advantage for the Vikings. Well, and what what people don't don't realize is that you know I mean they they talk about the defense so much for the Vikings, but they're forgetting that you know the, their their offense is pretty good too. You know, um, I think they're top five defense and a top five offense. So, um, you, you, typically you don't get that, and when you get that, typically you win Super Bowls. So we're we're really hoping to host the Super Bowl this year and be the first team to do that. Um, of course, we'll lose it, but you know at least we can host it. <laughs> Seems to be the theme of Minnesota fans calling our call into our show. Eh, we're well, gonna lose, but who cares? How do you would you like it if the if the Vikings went out and acquired Coach Cooter? Uh what? <laughs> would you like Coach Cooter to join the Vikings staff? No, I think I think I like what we got right now. So um So you tell me there's enough Cooter in Minnesota already. Yeah, we're 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 plenty good on 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 cooters up here. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I haven't been to Minnesota. I need you to know about the cooter count. <laughs> All yeah, right, there you go. We're going to take the last five minutes, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and get out of here. But thanks for calling in, buddy. All righty, I'll talk to you soon. And good luck to the good luck to your Vikings this weekend. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. All right, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's always great. That was Jimmy from the uh, show Stay Out, Stay Out of My Crease. Um, so he's, he's the other host with with Tim, um, who we were talking about earlier, and um, you know we uh, love to basically let anybody talk, but especially the people who are on this network. They're always always allowed to call and ramble with us, and anybody who's willing to call in and talk cooters with us. Yeah, any time cooters is is involved in the conversation, that's where we're going. With oh, it. no, that man better not say it was <laughs> Jim, Jim Bob. Cooter will always get your work, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, and that is, like I said, we have five minutes left. Um, Obviously... You know, congratulations to Alabama, and they were able to roll tide, and how they were able to pull off what they did was pretty amazing. Wrapping up a great college football season. Um, I hope uh, I hope we have a lot of our loyal listeners that have. Uh, oh, they've all yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope there's a lot of loyal listeners that have been with us the whole the whole ride because uh, it was a great. <laughs> it was a great first season, and uh, I'm so glad we got to do this show um, through the whole thing. It made the the season a lot a uh, lot more interesting to me. I don't know about you, Wars, but I was I was more excited about watching football because I knew I was going to be talking about it during the week. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we are definitely going to keep going here. And like I said. At the beginning of the show, we are stepping our game up. We're going we're gonna to step our game up from the college level. We're going to attack the pros, and we're going to have 
all of that discussion going on. So we're going to talk play, playoffs next playoffs. week. Playoffs. We're going to be talking NFL playoffs. We'll be breaking down some um, – we'll be doing some NFL drafts, a lot we're more NFL draft film. stuff going. We're going to break down film. We, we can, we're going to break down film. Listen, last, last night I watched 47 hours of game film. <laughs> All right, I literally watched 47 hours of game film. Oh, God. Trying to keep up with Josh. Yeah, trying to keep up with, with Ron Jaworski. Come on now. Last night we literally watched 37 hours of game film. So, anyway, um, so that's our plan for going forward is we're going to attack the playoffs. We're going to attack the NFL draft. And, of course, um, before we go, we want to thank all of our callers. We have a record number of callers today. And, you know, Walrus, we, we want to thank you for coming back into the studio. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of them all. We had Brandon. We had Naj. We had... Saint calling. We had Jim. We had Jimmy calling in. Uh, so we want to thank everybody for calling in. Anybody who's got a a football question, you're definitely willing to call it. You know, you're welcome to call in. Obviously, we stop what we're doing to deal with what whatever you got for us. So um, keep that in mind. And guys. If if you're listening to the show right now, it, it, whether you downloaded it, whether you're listening live, definitely, definitely, definitely pass it on to your friends. Pass it on to anybody you know that likes football. We're always willing to uh, talk talk to anybody. We we want to get as many opinions out there as possible. We want you guys to. We don't want you guys to take what we say and. Believe in it wholeheartedly. We want you to call in and, you know, tell us, hey, you guys are idiots. That that's, I've I've been I've been called that plenty of times. So, we don't mind you calling up with a different opinion. You don't have to agree with us. We agree, we want disagreement, and that's how we grow. I will yell at you. <laughs> but it'll be fun. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Fit down, solid, triple show. Enjoy all the wild divisional round games this weekend. And I have one thing to add before we go. Go, Ottawa. Yeah.